The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really higher than Mr. Stark? Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host for tonight, Roddy Katz. You can find me at Roddy Cat at News Nerd. At, well, you can find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. You can also find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at Roddy Cat on Reddit. Well, no, you can't. Actually, you can, but don't go there. Um, at News News Need on Reddit. Uh, CB Caps on Instagram. All of that. And with me tonight, as he is repping his place of birth, his, 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 his life, his love, the NY Brooklyn Agent underscore 70. What's up, everybody? And you can find him at H underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, I'm sure that's where he reps uh, reps Brooklyn on the daily. All day, every day. (laughs) And not with us tonight for a grand opening. I don't know what you want to call that. It's not even a grand opening. Anyway. It's a prep. I was about to say it is the early stages of prep work for sure, and other whatever reasonings. Uh, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, uh, Pop Culture Network.com, I need comics.com where you can find him and soon to be whatever the buying alternative that's going to happen next week. I don't know, next year. I don't know why we do say this. So. <laughs> Keep saying that so early, but it doesn't matter. Um, also, not with us tonight is the founder, of the Osiris at his ish, uh, Tim D O G G nine eight. You can find him at Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. Uh, B Click Nation D K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter. CB Cron on Twitter. B Click Nation dot com, and of course, it's comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. Ring. There it is. <laughs> Delay reaction. So yeah. yeah, go check go check Tim out uh, in his in his endeavors over there. You can find this podcast on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, uh, aka Apple Pod, uh, Podcast, um, Spotify, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and other places like this. Uh, Close to their podcast networks, SoundCloud page. <laughs> And of course, with that, you can also find us on the Coast Leather Podcast Network. That's the CSPN, CSPN.us. Do it today. Exactly. Along with other fine podcast programming of the sort. Although we stand alone in our <laughs> in our yeah. convictions. Um, shop.cspn.us. You can go there and get some merch from this fine program and other programs on CSPN. And uh, you know, 
Help keep our podcast free and all that good jazz. This week, folks, we've got a bunch of comics, as we tend to do. And we are going to start off with probably less of a, a, a well, it's a new number one issue. It's a 12-part uh, miniseries that's coming. It probably won't be as big as the last couple of them, and I'm probably underselling it. But Martian Manhunter one, number one is what we are starting with this week. So, just as a quick recap, Martian Manhunter has always been a character that's been central to the DC Universe and especially the Justice League. Specifically, and yes. it was definitely, uh, it was definitely uh, a twist uh, in the New Fifty Two and in DC Rebirth and all this other uh, jazz that uh, the Manhunter was not central to the founding of the Justice League and. Um, it's interesting that it's taken this long to have Manhunter get his own spotlight, get some shine. Right. And and there would be some question. Um, some would say that does he even deserve any really, you know, because he's always been kind of like he is not necessarily one of the strongest, but he is could Potentially will be one of the strongest members of the team, but he's also a bit player, some would say. Right. So, um, it's, you know, some would argue whether he actually, what could you possibly do with him? But I guess uh, Steve Lander and crew is going to try. Right, so, they start this miniseries with uh, the basics that we know of John Jones and his human um, secret identity. And that is of an earthbound policeman. And uh, this is, uh, you know, the stage is set a number of years ago, uh, specifically three. And uh, it it involves a case with uh, a human partner um, investigating uh, multiple homicide at a home and there are some gruesome remains and some uh, interesting clues left behind that kind of evoke some of the things from uh, that haunt John Jones from his past on Mars in fact yeah because it seems like something from from the way it looked like something from Mars made its way to Earth and Possibly. which, which which uh, seemingly caused him to go through some hallucinations throughout the course of the story. Right. In- including one about his, um, his mating rituals. So, you know. Sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Ooh, I didn't do this. That's weird. <laughs> My tablet went to a uh, Martian Manhunter by itself. That's weird. Hmm. Or, I don't know. Probably went to the last thing open, maybe. Uh, no, it wasn't. That was, like, I think that's the first thing I read, actually. Oh, Okay. Um, so I don't know what happened there. Regardless, um, uh, so yeah, and we also, it seemingly get, uh, in the, in the, in the quote unquote flashback to his days on Mars, we get what seems to be, I don't know, it's not a retelling. We seem to get some possible new backstory to John. Because there is a part of that that you know once it, once he starts going to this flashback, 
it seems like they're, they're making him out that he was... Because, matter of fact, they even say in the first page of the book, like, Martian Manhunter was not always a hero. Right. And then when they get to the flashback, they show him doing some dirty cop business. For like, right. You know, so I don't know if this is... I, I'm going to assume that this is new information. Yeah, I think it's safe to assume that, too. Because, yeah, we don't... We never really get a whole lot about, you know... Well, we've gotten bits of of John on Mars, but it's more dealing with his family than, you know, what he actually did on Mars. You know, during the during during the time, right? That his people were uh, thriving. So that's a new, slightly weird wrinkle for that character. Also, that I don't know if they put that in there for some reason. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to make that pay off in some kind of way. Or tried mm-hmm. to make that pay off in some kind of way. But it just still seems out of the character from what we know of him. So I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, we'll wait and right. see, though. I was going to say, that's probably the most important thing to get out of this book. Because otherwise, the story was pretty uh, was pretty run-of-the-mill. PCN underscore Dirt also read this issue. And um, you know his commentary is as follows. The last series to feature this character is great. This one squanders all the potential and delivers a mediocre story with art that made his head hurt. Um, the, Which again, the art didn't make my head hurt, but yeah, it was do- it was a little rough and kind of sketchy in places. But I mean, like actually sketchy, like looking in places. I was gonna say it's actually a pretty consistent style. True, um, but I definitely agree with uh, Dirt's uh, criticism of the story. It's like I said, it's kind of run of the mill. Uh, other than some of the revelations that we get from uh, John's time as a lawman on Mars, that's right. really the only—that's uh, some of the the only uh, novel stuff that we get here. Right, but again, it is the first issue of a twelve-issue miniseries, so or, or they call it a maxi series. So you know, not saying that anyone is, but you know, shouldn't be no sense to rest the judgment until you know, until two we, or three issues in. Yes. If we see whether it's actually going to start going anyplace, because um, mm. obviously that's not a thing you under- you can you know levy against a book. Like, yeah, one issue of a book is can be bad, but if it if it picks up some stuff later on, but obviously you don't want to, you know, especially yeah. in a story like this, it's like, well, you don't want to go try to go through the twelve issues and try to suss out if that's going to be the case, because it could offer will be something that might be better read in trade or something. Mm-hmm. We don't know that yet. Well, well all I was going to say is sometimes... If it's even... You know, end up ends up being any good. It's what everyone says about first impressions, right? Yeah. So we have to keep that in mind as well. So I definitely... I, you know, I, I'm I'm on board with uh, Dirt's criticism that, you know, but the way I put it is that the story's kind of run of the mill. I hope that there's more to it. So we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. Like I said, definitely not necessarily the, the greatest start. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know. It was it was all right. Like I said, the, the whole the, that whole revelation was kind of weird. But like, it's like definitely not exactly the most auspicious start to a story, you know? right? And it didn't exactly stick out. So right, um, you know, they, they they kind of played it very understatedly. So uh, we'll see if there's more to that, and I'm sure there will be because there's a 12 issue arc here that they're going to use to develop 
how John went from where he was on Mars and how that's going to play into what he's doing today on Earth. So mm-hmm. um, there was also another revelation at the end of this book, which you know, but it is, we'll see what happens with that. You know, oh, with the human partner, mm-hmm. right? So we'll see if that human partner comes back in any form um, in current day stories. Um, all right, so we'll move on to uh, some other of the uh, the new launches this week. Specifically, the uh, the Defenders um, mini, uh, I guess, uh, mini crossover is the best way to put it. There's four crossover books and one final mini, Defenders miniseries-ish, um, I guess, kinda. Uh, exactly, exactly. It's it's a mini crossover. Yeah, and um, the first two issues of the mini crossover are from the Immortal Hulk and Namor. So we'll talk about the Immortal Hulk issue first because I believe that one is first to come in time. That is correct. And um, hey, this uh, just along with uh, the Immortal Hulk book properly, this kind of keeps that um, you know keeps the intrigue going. Except for it has nothing. Well, as far as I know, it has nothing to do with what's going on in Immortal Hulk, except for you know. It, yeah, except for it really playing off of what's going on there. Right. Uh, it's always it's always off, not off putting, but it's always somewhat confusing when uh, a book is sort of told out of time or out of continuity, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you get a version of the Hulk that might be different from what's in the current book. But this is definitely straight out of the current book. You know, this is definitely the Immortal Hulk, and in the first issue of the de- the best defense. Uh, limited series it's actually you know the it's still very much a deeply uh rooted psychological and horror thriller type story where uh, bruce banner happens upon and uh, what he thinks is um an empty town but he's being drawn to a particular scene that particular scene is spoiler alert The scene he's drawn to is the apparent uh, uh, demise. I was going to say burn, burning alive of uh, <laughs> or, or post burning alive of uh, one Stephen Strange, mm-hmm. one fourth of the uh, defenders of the OG defenders. That is, yes, not to be confused with that crew from the Netflix series. Exactly. Um. So yeah, we have that, and he's in town, and he's doing his investigation part and talking to himself, and of course he, he and the other guy, you know, right? Are, you it's know, all very, saying, it's all very much in the vein of the Immortal Hulk, though. right? Which, to 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 its credit, like if you didn't, if you're not reading Immortal Hulk, but you pick this up, um, you will get. It tells you enough to say that, hey, this is what's going on right now, but you will probably still, you may or may not still be somewhat confused. Right. Uh, but it may, it would also, I would argue, it would probably make you curious enough to see what's going on in Immortal Hulk, which you should, because it's a good book. Um, um, but, um, so yeah, it just goes into a, this big mystery about trying to figure out what's going on here in this town and what happened to presumably what happened to uh, Stephen Strange. Right. And we find uh, Doc Banner on the trail of 
um, an item that was not found on the body, which is closely associated with Doc. Mm-hmm. And that trail leads him somewhere, and he gets to a place with it. All right. So as we're moving along throughout the pages of the story, there are actually reprinted panels mm-hmm. from early, early issues of The Incredible Hulk with uh, Stanley Scripps and uh, Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and Paul Ryman, uh, Dick Ayers and Art Simic Art and probably uh, Art uh, Inking and Colors. And that you know, interspersing of these panels, uh, I, like you said, uh, if you're not reading Immortal Hulk right now, you might be drawn into it based on how these panels are interspersed and kind of retell parts of Hulk's origin story. Because mm-hmm. at first I was like, okay, this is like this is weird that they're doing this in there, but apparently this is going to draw into the story somewhere, and it kind of sort of did. Mm-hmm. But not to the effect that I was that you would think it would be tied closely tied to what's going on in the story, or maybe it will be. We don't know, but doesn't seem to be right. And and getting, going back to something that uh, Roddy Cat and I were speaking about prior to going on the air was that uh, Al Ewing is writing this, yes. and it's and and you can tell because obviously he's the regular writer of the Immortal Hulk series, and he is. This is just an additional chapter in the story of that character uh, as he's telling it now. And it's a pretty important story because of the way it's been laid out and how um, his connection with Doctor Strange, uh, you know, is built upon, is kind of reestablished here, you know, from, uh, from from the aspect or from the perspective of the Immortal Hulk. Mm-hmm. So, um, as you said earlier, there's a talisman that we're all familiar with. That's a little different in the MCU, but uh, it's a talisman uh, that uh, Doctor Strange uses, and uh, someone has gotten it off of uh, Doctor Strange's dead body. <laughs> yes, they pried it from this cold, dead hands, right? Or, or warm, hot, dead, dead hands. Yes, yes, exactly. So. I assume, well, you would assume from this, so because I guess we can go ahead and transition over to the next part of this, um, that that's going to play into the next book in the series, which would be Namor, The Best Defense, number one. But it doesn't. (laughs) But it absolutely doesn't. Right. It doesn't really. So what's interesting is... The Hulk issue actually is, you know, it, it's super well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bit of a, 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 a bit of tables being turned upon the antagonist in the story who I'm not familiar with. I don't know if we're supposed to be. Yeah, you got me on that one. Right, exactly. I don't know if we're supposed to be familiar with this antagonist just yet. But what we find is that uh, the, the antagonist has uh, gotten a hold of the orb and um, actually can... Um, do astral projecting as well. So here's my assumption on that. It's it, it's one of two things. It's an older version of Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. somehow that we will pretty sure find out when Doctor Strange's come out book comes out what next week, right? Or it's an old villain of the OG Defenders, which right. I kind of I slightly doubt. Don't know yet. So we, you know, we'll find out next week. But as you were referring to, there is a second book out this week, uh, in this mini crossover, and that is Namor: The Best Defense Number One. 
and uh, yourself, myself, and PCN underscore Dirt read this. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, I actually like this story. What I didn't like is that there really isn't too much carryover from the mystery. Yeah, there's that, no connective tissue that we could see. With exactly, that plays out in the final pages. Actually, no, throughout the actual uh, first issue of this mini uh, crossover of the Immortal Hulk, there's a there's only what like a couple of panels that connects. Well, yeah, yeah, there's a couple of panels that connects to one of the next books coming out next week, or whenever the next week, the couple of books are coming out, or at least one of the next couple of books that are coming out, but not with the last story, and potentially not with. Well, presumably, uh, the, you know this. Well, this actually, it's a page. There's one page. Um, yeah, car- you know, has a literally a ghost with a knife. Um, well, yeah, there is that because yeah, that's the part we forgot to mention from the Immortal right. Hulk. You know, right? That's the crossover. Yeah, we we you know that's kind of the connective tissue uh, between the two issues. Other right. than that, there really isn't much. Right. But there's also but- another connection to this story. Uh, to uh, one of the upcoming books mm. that has nothing to do with uh, either one of those. That well, I'm excuse me, we do it, it does, but we don't know what's going to go happen in the book. But one of the, another character comes into play. Let's put it away from the book. But we'll get to that because in this book, um, there's really not much to say outside of the fact that hey, this is current Namor. This is you know emo emo goth Namor. Right, and it actually ties into his story. Um, right, at some point in in the current story, with because they even mentioned the, his run in with the Avengers, so we know it's uh, around that point. Right. Um, he's looking for allies, as one would do, you know, for Atlantis. He's with his council. They don't agree with his what he's doing or how he's going about things. And Namor, being Namor, you know. Gets gets the hot head and is and is trident out and you know asserts his uh, kingdom kinglinessnessness, right? And so. that doesn't uh, rub some people the right way, right? Uh, literally. And <laughs> what's very funny about this is that this is basically a continuation of Namor's story that is being told currently in the pages of Avengers. Uh, I'm not sure where the rest of Namor's story is going to play out. Um, I don't know if they're gunning to relaunch Namor uh, in his own series or if they're waiting to see how the events in Avengers play out. As we, we've, we've spoken about in the last few months, Namor's had a role in recent Avengers issues and his Defenders of the Deep, which is a group of undersea uh, super types um uh trying to you know trying to uh wreak havoc in the seas and restrict surface dwellers from going into the seas that's the that's the gist of it um it's interesting to see that this is literally a continuation of that and it's being uh presented as part of this defender's best defense uh crossover and it kind of you know it, it just it, it kind of sticks out because like you said there's little to no connective tissue between these first two issues of the series. Yeah, I suspect this could be. I I would suspect that whatever is this is in the middle of that stuff, and it's probably still going to play out in Avengers. Like so, that we haven't, as far as I know, we haven't seen any word on any any books of Namor's, you know, right? 
of on and maybe during the course of this Defenders thing they might touch on it again. You know, come <coughs> to think of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a call for a sneeze. That was a call. Uh, no. Okay. Now I know now I know where it's coming from. Okay. Zadarsky. Zadarsky's writing Invaders. Yes. That's where it's come up. Right. That is right. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I forgot. Totally forgot about that, actually. That's where it's going to come up. So that's why Zadarsky's put put the story here. Although that would or would not make any sense because if it is the Invaders, then, well, I guess part of that's probably going to be dealing with also the um, recent events with, you know, with Cap and Namor and the Avengers. Exactly. Right. Exactly. This is like. This is like the first part of uh, Namor's team allegiances. Mm. But I'm thinking yeah. they, they're they're, gonna, they're probably just going to deal with that. Um, like that, the vendors is probably going to deal with that stuff. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And uh, right. that like, in- you know, exactly. It just it just sort of fell into place. Just now. I was like, oh wait, Zdarsky's writing that of Invaders, right? And now and that that's where a lot of this uh, Atlantis attacks, you know, part two. <laughs> Stuff is going to come up again, or at the very least, I suspect the 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 end result from right. if they play it like like if they play out everything in Avengers, then the end result's going to come out in in Invaders. So, right, but again, we don't know anything because we don't even know when is that book coming out. We don't do we know? Relatively soon, I've seen it in solicits. Okay, it's got to be out within the next few months next before February. February. Sure. So, but regardless, that is that's neither here nor there for this right now because, um, yeah, right. we're, we're talking about it. defenders, and we're gonna see how this ties into the other two books, uh, the other uh, half of the other two members of the OG defenders who have um, one shots coming out next week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, and like I said, the only thing about this books is is that you know the rest of it's like, well, he's on a journey to find some allies. He's goes to seek out this group that, that hasn't been seen in a while. His council doesn't care for that, but he's going to do it anyway. And he goes out and runs into some trouble, runs into what potentially looks like a female version of him. Sort of. Or between him and Akuma. <laughs> and and her people. And gets into a scuffle there. Um, which leads him into a fight with their king. Which leads... Somehow, inexplicably, leads them into outer space, which leads uh, into the connection to one of the next books. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough. Alrighty. So there is that, and with that, we can go on because you know this is an ongoing story. I at the end of it, I called them the Namor Surfer because of, because of that. And if that doesn't tell you what's coming up next, I don't know what what will. Um. But yeah, neither that's that's uh, neither here nor there. So what we got coming up next is do you want to put a book out there? Yeah, let's see. Um, we have actually read a, a few bunch of what we've read with uh, PCN underscore dirt. Let me just uh, actually wait, wait. Let's do this. Oh. Let's do this. Let's do this. Sorry, because uh, we also have another book that's not tied to the story, but not tied to a character from uh, from the Defenders. So we can go I was going to do Mortal Hulk number 10. Okay, sure. You were gonna, gonna, oh, you're going to do Doctor Strange? Yeah, I was going to go ahead and go to go the other way, but right, yeah, that's fine. You can go that too. <laughs> that's fine, because it's, like you said, it's one of the other characters. Yeah, and it's also the other book that we all uh, 
side are presumably all red, except for dirt. But it's right. fine. It's all right. Um. So Doctor Strange number nine, as uh, as uh, Agent uh, Seventy said before the show, this this um this issue slightly hits home to him. Yeah. And almost uh, actually, you might as well say a literal sense. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So this is um after the well this has nothing to do with the events of the last issue because this is assumably a um a what would probably be called a filler arc I don't know. No, I was going to say that this is actually um I don't know if it's a filler arc but it's definitely picking up it's definitely um it looks like this is a one shot but is 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 is, is kicking off a new story. No, I was about to say, I think that, that, that it's not a one shot because I think it's, there's something else definitely going to come out of this. But Yeah, exactly. That, I, I, I didn't agree with that, but... Um, but I see what you're saying about a one shot because of what happens in the course of the story, which leads to the end that you know, right. it's going to take off someplace exactly. else. So, ultimately, you know, the, what the story is about is uh, the comings and goings on around 1778 Bleecker Street. And what is uh, happening in in lots of neighborhoods within uh, various cities around the country, especially in New York, where neighborhoods are being slowly bought out so that development and and redevelopment can come. And uh, the way <laughs> the way it's put in in the opening page of this book is is hysterical because um, it, it's so it, it's so realistic to me. To see that particular ad the way it is, and I, I applaud uh, Wade and Jesus says for uh, depicting an ad like this so realistically. And as the story plays out, um, it's a story of um, a real estate firm trying to buy out various um, building owners around the West Village area that surrounds uh, Dr. Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. Right, but that's specifically the couple of blocks that his his house is on. Right. So, and, and it sounds like, it seems like initially they just wanted to tear it down just so they could put up some big glass thing. But, and I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm reading into, too much into it, but as the story goes along and they keep trying to do this and they... Uh, they or someone potentially learns of, or they think they learn of, you know. But they have ulterior motives, right? They have ulterior motives. It seems that way, anyway. Yeah, not just not just the value of real estate, right? And based on Doctor Strange's rather public identity, um, you know, there's there's reason to believe that you know it wasn't too hard for them to figure out that there's something valuable that he's either guarding or has within his sanctum and they're trying to buy him out and it just makes no sense right so you know as as time moves along there's different um things that uh happen around the neighborhood you know there's literally jumps of time yeah. um between scenes where there's strong arm tactics involved with trying to get people to sell and there's dirty Smear corporations tactics. that are trying to yeah that are trying to uh to make these real estate deals and to get people to sign off on selling off their their homes and buildings, and they even uh, run a smear campaign against um, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. whose identity at this point. Because, as I just said, there are leaps in time, so the leaps the, the leaps start before he 
is actually a more public figure right. than he ends up being. And then, you know, the, the smear campaign comes in when he actually seemed like seemingly sometime after he becomes that very public. So, right. Which so, doesn't work out in their favor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was a pretty, it was a pretty comedic, uh, couple of scenes here towards the end. Um, you know, Dr. Strange is ultimately successful in fending off, um, the, uh, the advances of the, of the corporate, uh, uh, real estate raiders, but what's funny is the epilogue, you know, to the story where, you know, I, you know, you wonder if this is one of those, like, you know, are, you know, am I finally worthy of my title? Am I finally worthy of, um, you know, wielding these powers? It's very much a Jason Aaron Thor type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. is he worthy to finally lift Mjolnir? And that's where... Has his, the student uh, finally become the master? Exactly. And, you know, what's funny is that uh, the epilogue jumps right into that. Mm-hmm. And it's also worth noting that the 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 whole real estate thing potentially ends up to being not as what they thought it was or what they eventually thought it was because in the conclusion to, um, to uh, Stephen's dealings with the real estate for people who's like, Nope, this is not what you think it is because (laughs) there's nothing here like what you're thinking it is, even though, you know, we know that there are. Right. Um, <laughs> but he also says like, like, hey, this house is the house, so so Right. Know. And and you know, any kind of you know, any kind of talks about, you know, uh his own version of with great power there must also come great responsibility. Yes. Um so that's you know, that's why he, he protects what it, the the neighborhood he lives in. And that, like you said, kind of becomes uh the catalyst for the next story where the student becomes the master. Mm-hmm. So we shall see what uh, how that plays off because he gets a visit from not Tilda Swinton, right? <laughs> Very who's... much not Tilda Swinton, <laughs> but who's also presumed uh, not amongst the living, right? And it's a pretty actually we're we're coming up on an anniversary issue. It's the four hundredth mm-hmm. issue which, of Doctor Strange, which is probably the other reason why this is the story is playing out the way it is, right? So we shall definitely see, um, you know, what plays, plays out with that, which I could have sworn we just had a, a, um, an anniversary issue. Like I'm pretty sure we probably did like last year or something, but I don't know. Got me. Or maybe time's getting away from me, but I feel like we had a, a, another stock strain anniversary issue fairly recently. So it's just weird. Regardless, it is what it is, so we shall see what comes out for that. But this was a a pretty good uh, issue for what it was. Listen, it hit me a little too close to home. I was just like, oh my gosh, as a New Yorker, as a native New Yorker seeing this, oof. Mm, yes, and the things and the tactics and the, on everything mm-hmm. that goes with it. And like, yeah, like even not being from New York, I was like, yeah, I can see things like that happening with, with such situations. So Definitely. Know. Alrighty. Um, let me just hit the last uh, book that's related yes. to the um, related to the defenders in that it involves the Immortal Hulk, and that is Immortal Hulk number ten. Um, Dirt and I both read this, and I liked his take on this. So, 
Um, after the Absorbing Man, our, our one of our guest uh, uh, guest stars in the, this mini arc was turned into a Resident Evil boss monster last issue. It's pretty epic. Uh, Dirt wondered how Al Ewing would keep topping the horror. Um, he's pretty sure he found it, and I kind of agree with this latest twist. But how do you top this? So there's a couple of things going on in this. One is that um, there's an interesting twist on the origin of the Hulk in this. And we don't know yet if this is going to be canon or if this is just going to be you know, just one of those, you know, other things that just gets tacked onto a character story. But ultimately what we have is an interesting view on what actually happened in, um, uh, when the gamma bomb exploded. And, uh, as I said earlier, there's, um, uh, well, actually I wanted to mention there's a interesting guest appearance by none other than Bushwhacker. And you have to be very familiar with some old school like 90s marvel characters to know who bushwhacker was you know he can make a gun out of his right hand oh right right he was in uh, daredevil issues and punisher issues so i thought he looked like a cat villain or something but i don't know right and he and he, he makes an appearance here as a member of this shadow based team um that is uh trying to research the hulk and um as I said earlier, you know we, we get we we get more of the battle between the Absorbing Man slash Resident Evil boss monster and uh, Bushwhacker kind of intervening, and what we find is that um, the origin of the Hulk has been or has been has been revealed to be something maybe totally different than what we thought it was, and I won't spoil it. It's definitely worth reading. It's definitely worth trying to figure out. How we got here, the next issue can't come soon enough. This is one of the reasons why I, I kind of hate that I t- I do at least take a quick glance at solicits. Because I kind of knew where this was going, but it's still cool to see the process and how we get there. So, but uh, yeah, definitely pick up Immortal Hulk. Uh, it's a pretty in- interesting read. There's a, There's been a couple of... Uh, more superhero-y uh, side stories, but the main story, the main horror story is still pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I'm a couple of issues behind, but, um, but yeah, but it's been, it's been quite interesting, to say the least. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And the one thing I've, I've, I've found out in the last few years is never underestimate Al Ewing. No, you can't. He's definitely on a roll with this book. Hmm. So... That being the case, I guess we can move on. Definitely. Um, Put something out there because we're getting up to uh, rapid fire pretty soon. For certain. I believe you also read Killmonger number one, the other number yes. one this week. So let's do yes. that one. Um, so if the name sounds familiar, and obviously if you've seen <laughs> the most recent um, Black Panther movie, yeah, you absolutely know the name. Right. You know the name. Uh, so this is a little backstory. Um, the name is Adonis Creed. Oh, no. <laughs> actually, anyway. Kind of, actually. <laughs> but, um, um, <laughs> so this is um, this is a Killmonger uh, miniseries written by uh, former guest of the show, Brian Hill. Right. Um, 
just just throwing that out there. And this dives into the past that may dip slightly into the movie version. It, there's a there's a seemingly we don't know yet, but it seems the, the a mix of comic and movie as as things tend to happen nowadays you know comic and movie mix of uh histories now i am not going to i'm going to sit here and say that i my history with uh killmonger's actual backstory from the comics not that great Mm -hmm. so at this point you could tell me almost anything and i'd be like okay yeah sure that was the thing that happened although i i feel savvy enough to know that I don't remember him ever dealing with the, the Kingpin. I don't remember him going to MIT. That um, either, but that's, again, that seems uh, that seems a product of um, the, 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 the cinematic version. Exactly, exactly. That's the point, you know. And, like you said, um, there, you know, it, it's it's integrating the, 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 the snippets of the movie origins and the movie stories into the main Marvel continuity. Mm-hmm. So to 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 Mr. Hill's credit, retcons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know how the the sliding retcons go in in the Marvel U. So yeah, right. especially given you know whatever cinematic uh, ties there may be. So sure, you know, plug this in here, plug it in there. You know, you know, like well, you know, it's been long enough. Nobody's gonna care or know <laughs> type of situation. You know, God forbid you pull out the official handbook of the Marvel Universe from 1986. Oh no! Is that what Asia underscore seventy is going to do? No. Go ahead. <laughs> Even though I can, it's right there on my shelf in the uh, essential form. <laughs> nice. And yeah, that that could be something that you you know worth doing actually, just to get a little bit of um, you know, a little bit of context. The original history was exactly yeah, a little bit of context going on here. But that's in case we see like the young Eric Killmonger. Um, MIT grad, very smart, and we found this out early on. He's his dealings with the guidance counselor aside. Um, that was cold, man. That was including. You could also tell, especially from that, there's some movie. There's some definitely movie references. One mm-hmm. specific one at the end of that dealing. Um, oh yeah, that that comes up. So I was like, oh yeah, okay, we see that. We see. We see where this comes from, but nevertheless, like I said, um, we see him seemingly going after one Ulysses Claw for reasons that do and don't necessarily make any sense. Right. So I got my qualm with this, and shout out to uh, Brian Edward Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in time. I'm fairly certain Claw has been transformed into a being of pure sound. But I could be wrong. Yes. I I could be wrong. Could be, possibly. But again, this is where this is where the mix of the comic and and um and cinematic kind of blend in a very weird way. Exactly. It gets a little screwy because Because he's going after a gun. Like a real gun, right? Not only that. Well, we well, first of first of all, we see Claw in both forms. We see him in the cinematic form, and we also see him in the classic costume. Right. The cinematic form kind of makes sense because that's a flashback that right. goes way back. 
right? Into human form before he's traditionally been transformed into a being of pure sound. Mm. And even with when you try to go after the planet, it's still in the past, but we just don't know how far in the past. But nevertheless, right. it is still far enough to where, okay, if he's in his costume, he is clearly have, has, has transformed. Right. So maybe I need to read up on my claw as well. Maybe. But, yeah. But, but, you know, when I see him, he's up, you know, basically, like, uh, like maybe this is actually maybe th- looking for his revenge mm-hmm. with a real gun, like a right. regular, you know, with regular bullets or at least, or so we think like maybe it was a vibranium bullet, but still that's, I can't see, you know, yeah, how that was going to. You disrupt know, anything yeah yeah or to, to, enough to you know be worth mm-hmm. taking a shot um but he meets up with this crew named after a deck of, named after a suit of cards mm. or or chess pieces rather i should say um because the first the, the first person he who actually interrupts him his uh, attempt to kill claw and i thought when the first person that he meets up with during this was a person we know from the from from both comics and and um, cinematic, and he was like, "What is she doing here?" Yeah, I think that was uh, 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 a purposeful swerve. Yeah, and even similarly named, also. Mm-hmm. So, but it turns out not to be that person, and I have gone on to just assume that this could be the person that he ends up with at the beginning or he ends up with at the beginning of um the black panther movie possibly still don't know because we never actually got a name for her up until the time that you know his end dealings with her sadly Mm -hmm. um nevertheless he ends up running up against this this crew um who are working for one king of new york aka wilson fisk aka the kingpin but um, under the guise of yeah, okay, you know, Kingpin's not letting anything happen in New York without his notice, and this other and this crew, the, the head of this crew named King, uh, is like, look, we got a thing we're gonna do. You know, Kingpin's the, the the way to get there, and we can get you close to Claw, and you can do whatever business you got to do. They run afoul of each other, sort of, kind of, sort of, and apparently. Like, like, do we know anything about those characters? Like, does, does, does any does, does any of those characters seem familiar to you? No, we do know no. King is powered some kind of way. So he, right, either he's a human or a mutant, one of the two. I don't know. Right, no, we're not sure at this time. And it's interesting uh, in the in the uh, next issue ad at the end of the book, you see them in their kind of costumes and right. they all wear masks and uniforms that have the uh, chess symbols on them and Killmonger's got a pawn yes on his uniform which <laughs> if that's not a exactly. if that's not a sign we don't know what it is right 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 so and, if, and it's like if you're thinking yeah, there could be the Marvel's version of the Royal Flush game probably kind of sort of we don't you know <laughs> yeah right they need some flying cards I know right so um, to his credit, uh, uh, Brian Hills, you know, says in the letters page, it's like, look, he's not here to waste your time. And you, you know, he's, he's definitely got a story to tell. That's not going to be 
you know, as easy as you think it could be with this with uh with this character. Right, because I think where he wants to go and what a lot of people mentioned about the character um after coming out of the movie was you wanted to root for him and then he did something that made you hate him again. Right. And I get that feeling that that's where the story is going to go. Right. So it's not going to be as simple as like, well, you know, you, you, you know where he's going to be. So this is going to be an easy slide to get there. And like, right. so he's, he's making an attempt that's, that's starting out interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. So we will see how it go. I don't know. Is this supposed to be what? Five issues or six? I don't remember. Five. Okay. In the letter, in the letter, he says five. Okay, so yeah, that would, I would imagine that still holds true because I don't think nothing's changed with this right. with this book. So, like an interesting start to this miniseries, and I don't, I'm, I'm not one of those ones who think that you know, the the quote unquote villain should be a sympathetic character, but there at the same time, there's interesting stories to to some most villains. Mm-hmm. So, this could potentially be one of them. We'll see. Alrighty, so uh, I think it's time to uh, bring up the uh, Vulcan and start rapid fire. Okay. Let's roll. Yeah, considering we discussed the number of books already this week, let's run into rapid fire. Uh, you want me to lead? Sure, go for it. I've got a bunch of books to go through. So does Roddy. So let's keep it moving. Um, let's finish the books that PC and underscore dirt. And I both read beginning with Batman number 60. So, um, my comment on this was that the deconstruction of Batman just continues at the hand of question mark Bane. Um, we're still not hundred percent sure what's going on. And, uh, dirt thoughts kind of mirror that. So he guesses King found a way to surprise us for issue number 60, but this makes absolutely zero sense. The problem is he's more confused and annoyed than intrigued, and I can definitely sympathize with that feeling. Uh, Next up, uh, let's see. um, That does it for the books that I read, uh, that Dirt read also. I'll cover... Um, the Green Lantern number two. This has again some seriously creepy, quirky, funky alien art by Liam Sharp. Grant Morrison's story on this is uh, definitely heavy on laying down of background information because uh, there's a lot to this group of outlaws that the that have broken free of green lantern custody and have injured some green lanterns and now hal jordan has been tasked with uh, tracking down uh you know this group and everything that uh and everyone connected to the breakout and what's interesting is that the finale the 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 uh the final page cliffhanger that is um is one of those things where when something happens, you expect ripples to happen in other books because it's that big. And you're always kind of curious to see why this only happens in one hero's book and doesn't get felt in like Superman's book or something like that. You know, it's that big. So 
but uh yeah lots of uh lots of uh background being laid by morrison in this there's plenty of uh of backstory to this that he is uh and and uh context that he's laying out next up uncanny x-men number four um so in a nutshell uh it's been leading up to the relaunch of Uncanny X-Men has been leading up to uh, the reveal that Nate Gray of the Age of Apocalypse is playing himself off as the savior of mutant kind, sometimes almost too literally. And uh, it's all, you know, this is uh, what, and, and there's a bunch of reveals in this issue um, from uh, the, that uh, reveal how we got to the point, how, how we got, how certain characters got to where they are at the ends of the first three issues. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little creepy to see Nate Grave running around like, uh, uh, he can literally walk on water and that's what some of the, uh, the, some of the asides are drawn from. Um, I don't know if right now it's still something of a tough read for me. Um, winter soldier number one, this is um, a small launch of a number one issue this week. It's got an interesting premise. Essentially, it's Bucky um, uh, helping folks who feel like they're in over their heads as henchmen at Hydra or AIM or in a criminal enterprise. And this is Bucky trying to help people um, redeem themselves and basically go into witness protection. And uh, one of these missions goes badly. And uh, the cliffhanger reveal at the end of this issue is pretty interesting. Again, it's one of those times where I really shouldn't be reading solicits. Because it was kind of ruined for me, like what, you know, what this character is that's introduced at the cliffhanger. But um, it's an interesting premise. It's got a lot of real world parallels to it. So if you're into that stuff. Feel free. I'm always a fan of seeing what they're willing to do with the Winter Soldier. I still think it's such a cool concept. You know, he doesn't need to be. I'm glad they they stopped making him um, the uh, the 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 Watcher or the Nick Fury um, uh, man on the hill, man on the wall uh, replacement. I kind of like him as a you know like that super spy assassin type um, that's on the good guy side. And that covers my books this week. Uh, the other book that Dirt read, I don't think Roddy read, did you? Shazam, number one? No, I was going to skim it, but apparently I'm having issues with that. So That's that's okay. Basically, Dirt just said that it was super fun and super cheesy and everything that Super um, Captain Mar... uh, I mean, Shazam uh, should be, though the backup story artwork wasn't very good for him. Mm. Not enough... um... Mr. Tawny for him. I don't know. <laughs> so that's that for Rapid Fire for myself and Dirt. Cool. Then I should get to mine. I was just trying to skim this, uh, skim that, oh, skim that Winter Soldier. Yours are just stars. Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, pretty much. So we start off with Star Trek versus Transformers number three. Uh, folks, the takeaway from this book is that there is a new figure that should be out in stores, and if it hasn't been out in stores yet, it should be. 
That's, that's the most I'm going to say about that. Because guess what? You got Star Trek. You got Transformers. You have a very iconic ship. You put those together, <laughs> folks, and you get exactly. <laughs> so yes, folks. Um, the the so the opposing sides are 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 you know doing doing their things. The the Klingons and the the Decepticons are are together, and they seemingly had the uh the 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 crew of the the enterprise the animated version the animated um animated series version is worth pointing out uh on the ropes along with some autobots but uh ratchet and uh kirk end up having an idea which culminates in and i'm not sure how this because i'm not sure when or how this happened but apparently they were trapped underground and so was the Enterprise somehow. I don't know when that part happened because I know the Enterprise kind of came in last issue, and you know something happened. Regardless, some things happened. They escaped, and folks, the USS Enterprise is now a transformer, led with I guess you might as well say Kirk being a, a proto headmaster, ah, in a sense. How did Scotty feel about this? Um, he... That's well, the person I think who would care. He hadn't said anything yet. Oh, well, because okay. basically what ends up happening, so, they, so the Enterprise went to check out this this, this mining colony um, to, just to run down the story real, real quick. And then the Transformers story kind of blends into there because this, the Transformers end up on set this colony. The, and they both awaken, and the, the war starts again. So there were some traps, so there were some miners and whatnot got, that got in the way, of course, and Optimus wanted to help, and that ends up happening. Um, and cut to this, and, and now the teams get separated. Um, but they... So the long story short... Scotty and Scotty Emrez and Embrace and a couple of the crew were away from the captain, but they get uh, transported back onto the Enterprise right before the Enterprise transforms. So we don't have, we didn't get a chance to get Scotty's um, reactions, <laughs> you know, yet. But I'm pretty sure next issue we will definitely hear something from from Montgomery Scott about said transformation. Because that's where we left the end, the, the, the end of the book ended with the transformation and the name of uh, the, the transformed USS um, Enterprise. By Kirk's name, by the way, is Fortress Tiberius. <laughs> if you have seen my CB caps, you saw um, my recent CB caps. You have seen that image of the last page in all of its glory, and I want that figure pretty badly. That's funny. So there is that. Anyway, rapid fire. Um, uh, next book is Star Trek: The Next Generation Terra Incognita. So we have the continuing voyage of the Starship Enterprise, new, uh, next generation version. Seemingly did not have anything. So this was supposed to be a mix of the Next Generation and the Mirror Universe version of the Next Generation. And this particular, um. I don't know if this is actually a miniseries anymore because it seems like it's an ongoing, and I'm not sure how how uh, they're 
How about you? Because there has really haven't been not much on the Mirror Universe out outside of the fact that Mirror Barkley is around. Except for at the end of this book where we found out there is another Mirror Universe uh, counterpart of the crew that is in the Prime Universe now. And um, Barkley has been made well aware of this. And it is probably the last person, one of the last persons he would probably want to be messing with uh, on either side of the of the universe at the end of this. But outside of that, it was just a story of um, uh, Worf and Crusher and, you know, Data and Barkley on an away team to try to save this, you know, save this planet that's, that has some sort of play going on, mm-hmm. you know. And, of course, Worf being Worf and Beverly, he and Beverly kind of butthead once or twice. But, you know, they still work out. And you know things happen. They save the day. It's basically a, an issue and or story of uh, the the Enterprise. So outside of what happens at the end, um, uh, excuse me, Next Generation, not the Enterprise. That's a different show. Anyway, uh, next book, Star Wars: Age of the Republic, Qui Gon Jinn, number one, because you can never have enough Star Wars books. Cha ching. Um. So this starts out the series of thank you series of uh, one-shot stories uh, during the Age of the Republics that... that, that, that um... Our favorite time. Yes, indeed. I uh, say that fully tongue-in-cheek. Yes, he does. But actually, I, I look, I didn't have as much of a problem with the prequels. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, oh, that's my, your body thing. My cough, wow. man, all right. <coughs> <laughs> the cough for change me. Oh, <laughs> Excuse me, but now I actually didn't. I, yeah, Clone Attack of the Clones was sucked, but the trilogy in itself, you know, hey, it has its merits. Regardless, I think this story particularly uh, takes place well before um, the events of the the specifically Phantom Menace, obviously, you know. To, to, uh, but regardless, because there is no Anakin. Um. 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 Obi-Wan does show up briefly, but this is basically a story of Gwygon and his, um, you know, he's on a mission which doesn't go well, which doesn't, you know, which slightly kind of sort of memories, mirrors the beginning of um, Phantom Menace, actually, but there is no Jar Jar at all, so uh, ends up back on Coruscant, he ends up questioning the, you know, the Council in the Jedi way, as Qui-Gon has tended to do during his brief, <laughs> his, his, uh, his brief stint in the universe. Um, but it's <laughs> him questioning, or at least the cinematic universe, just to say, but him questioning the Force and that, blah, blah, blah. but he goes off to find his answers, and he does, and he goes back to finish or finds a, a a way to finish his min- his mission, and of course Yoda shows up, and you know they're and they're talking in Jedi cryptic tongue as they tend to do. So it's pretty much a it's a relative one and done with that. But it's you know if you're a fan of Qui Gon, I'm sure you'll you'll appreciate it. It plays on quite familiar beats. Shout um, out to Matt Wang ninety seven at Matt Wang ninety seven on Twitter who claims that there is a Jar Jar Binks vintage action figure. On my shelf behind me, there is not. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> Go um, on, jump your rapid fire. Yes, well, that's actually it because that is my last book. All oh right. wait, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it is not. I'm sorry. Uh, there oh, one. 
because there was actually one more Star Wars book, and I totally forgot about this one because this one was kind of awesome. Um, because it's Star Wars 58, so we find out that, um, in a world, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, so Luke, Luke, Leia, and Han are trapped on this, on this world that doesn't have any means of getting off world. They're, they're kind of a seemingly peaceful planet. You know, there's like a traitor that comes around every six months or so that, because they're hiding out from the empire because they were dropped off by Sana Staros a couple of issues back. So, um, and the, seemingly they're trapped here for six months or so, like that, but they've, you know, whatever. They met the local, some of the local people, one of which is uh, the head of the clan, um, and his daughter, uh, who Luke seemed to be kind of smitten with, looks like. Um, but uh, this, the, the interesting part about this is that the the Thane, who's the head of the clan, and his daughter specifically, may be related to, I don't know if we know any of the Jedi, but we do, we find out during the course of the last couple of issues that, um, um, the daughter and the, and the, the father, the, the daughter's, the, the daughter's name is Tula, uh, the father's name is Thane, he's, the, his title is Thane, his last name is Marcona, so, the, the Makana family put, are potentially uh, related to Jedi's because we find out that Tula, Tula's grandmother, is a Jedi who fell in love with a roguish type person. They settled on this planet, uh, but then they died, and then her father, Tula's father, left, met with um, a lady who's a field for technology, but she died because apparently they have a way of killing off women in Star Wars universe that, that's potentially awesome, but they came back to the planet, settled here, and settled, you know, made a life for themselves so Tula knows definitely knows, you know um we don't know if she knows the force, we don't know if she could be force sensitive, that's, that's not something that's being played up as being something that's going to come up, but um, we do know that they haven't had any imperial issues, but the way for Luke and Leia and them to get off the planet is could possibly bring them in contact with the Empire because Luke's trying to fashion a, a transmitter that could either bring Sana back or bring the Empire, who's supposedly in the system. And Tula's kind of warning Luke was like, hey, I know you want to get off planet and this and the other, but what you're going to do could potentially put us in danger. So, you know, but Luke being Luke and kind of antsy is like, uh, okay, fine. But then talking to Leia, who's apparently been off cooking up her own plans, what we come to find out at the end of this issue, um, has been wanting us to wait and sit. And Han's just being Han because he's just like, hey, just enjoying the time. And whatnot, and they talk. And matter of fact, Han even in this issue even brings up the fact that brings up some solo, some solo star, you know, the, a solo a Star Wars story background issue that he tells uh, Leia, which is weird, mm. you know. So some of that kind of comes out. In fact, uh, the the beginning pertinent parts are kind of sort of come out in in you know. So I was like, well, that's weird, but at the same time, I'm well, sure it's going to tie it in some kind of way. So. Some of this stuff always comes out in the in the course of this issue. I really enjoyed it, and um, 
I'm looking to see, uh, hopefully there's going to be more on this, this Tula character and the, the family specifically, because um, I am really curious is if this is a known Jedi or this is possibly somebody, you know, we will get to know at some point. But that is it for me. And actually, I forgot to put a book in the thing, so there you go. So we are done with the rapid fires and the books. Alrighty, here come our click of the week, clicks of the week. And we already have um, one PC and underscore dirts. Whose is Immortal Hulk the best defense? Number, Number one. one. Um, yeah, we didn't get one from Tim. But you got one? I am going to go with the other Immortal Hulk book this week. Immortal Hulk number 10. Hmm. Okay. That was full of lots of interesting uh, tidbits in the regular story. I definitely liked uh, the Best Defense book also. Hmm. But maybe it's because I'm pretty invested in the story right now. So I really liked where this was going, where, where this one went. Gotcha. And for myself, um, I'm slightly kind of torn because the best thing out of one book was potentially the last page that, that I've already told you about. And um, the other book I'm thinking about is a potential character or two that hopefully will have a long life, but knowing Star Wars and people who write it or do something about it probably won't. Uh, um, I mean, the Enterprise transforming is, is is a pretty damn dope deal. Let's be let's be honest. But um, I'm going to give it to. I'm actually really torn for this. Hmm. Um. You know what? Yeah, I'll because I, I need uh, I still need to wait and see on that character, but this character is awesome. So Star Trek versus the Transformers number three because transforming Enterprise. Nice. That's a hard choice. That was actually a hard choice because, like I said, the the even though nothing quote unquote nothing happens in Star Trek uh, Star Wars fifty eight, then something actually you know we we do get some character development and some stuff that I'm really looking forward to seeing more of. Right. Alrighty. So we're going to uh, do our first ad read of the night and then transition over. So our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, Go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash 
WINC. Wink Wines through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we go to the news. Indeed. Shout out to Classic Material for sending me a thing on that uh, on that uh, Wink Wine. I keep forgetting to, to do something with. but it's... Same, same. Yeah, so one of these days maybe we'll actually have a bottle of <laughs> of, of, of said uh, sponsored wine. Yep. Uh, but in the meantime, we go into the cinematic news as we tend to do about this time. And uh, we start off with Chris Pine has a vital Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse cameo. Spoiler alert, folk. Yes, spoiler alert. So we were talking about this, I believe we were talking about this at the end of the last show. We did. Um, and the spoiler is none other than Chris Pine is playing Peter Parker. Why is that significant? Because it's the Peter Parker of Miles' universe. Right. Which is the, the movie is partially set in. Well, it's like probably right. mostly set up, man, more than likely. Right, and kind of a we, kind of an older, because you don't, I, you don't necessarily equate him with like a young kid's voice, right? I, I, I think they're playing a bit with the Ultimate timeline, where the Ultimate Spidey, the OG Ultimate Spidey, was a little older when he got killed, right? Which I mean, as far as the Miles' son, he kind of was, but yeah, not that much more older, I guess. No, still in school. That's the thing. Yeah. So yeah. yes. So Chris Pine is playing the 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 dead version of the. Uh, he's playing Ultimate Spider-Man, who died in Miles' uh, universe, as we know from the comics. Right. So this is. So that's kind of cool. Um. Right. Um. Have you gotten your tickets yet? What's that? Have you gotten your tickets yet? No. That this is another thing that I have to work out with friends that, that want to go see it. We just got to figure out the right time and day. Yeah, because it sounds um, like they're out. But anyway. What's that? Because it sounds like they might be on sale. Right. Um, this will explain why I see ads with Adobe for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse required inventing a new kind of animation technology. Mm-hmm. So apparently, with having nine distinct animated Spidey uh Actually, wait, hold on. Um, they need to create a new look. Um, let's see. What is this? It just mean, it means that they had to invent a new kind of animated technology. I'm not sure where this is in the... So basically, they, they, it seems like they're mixing the, the, the new style. They've gone through many styles to try to get the right one for this movie. And it seemed like they found one that was kind of a mix of hand-drawn and... Um, you know, computer digital use that seemed to work out with them. So it's apparently some, some new inventive type of, you know, it, it's a new style that hasn't been done before. So, and, and if you've seen the trailer, like it's obviously, it looks quite striking, but it's not, so it's not necessarily completely CGI, but it's not completely hand drawn either. Right. From the, the, from what I gather from it. So and this this article just kind of goes into that. So normally I would have put that in the the, the clickbait section, but I figure it's like and this is kind of interesting t- personally to me anyway. So okay, and just also to bring up the fact that hey, guess what? That movie's coming out real soon, and I'm excited. So next up, um, <clears throat> Infinity War director confirms what happens to the Asgardians after the snap. So um, it involves a little bit of math. 
Yeah, apparently. So because um, if they let half go, and then another half has to go when the snapping happens, how many Asgardians are left? Right. And if we if you remember from 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 Infinity War, um, the ship blew up, and presumably there was a bunch of Asgardians still on it. So, and I think they did say they had took. I think they said they took some of them. Um, if oh, I they said they let half go, right? So they let half go on the ship. They killed the half, including uh, including Loki and 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 they tried to kill and Heimdall. Yeah, and and Heimdall, right? And Valkyrie gets away with the other half, right? But then half of that half is uh, right, and. Exactly. And I believe, uh, per Tessa Thompson, Valkyrie is still alive. So we lose. We do. Right. She's so that, somewhere. But and so now we have a quarter. <laughs> yes. We know what it comes to. So clearly, <laughs> so clearly, Thanos' mass was kind of kind of slightly off. But hey, you know, it's killing for killing's sake. It's just, right. at, at some point, it is. But speaking of the snap, right? So check this out. So this is some messed up stuff. Right, um, that way I, I must have skipped the story. No, you didn't. Uh, no, 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 no. Like in my mind, like when oh. I was reading. So you have the Infinity Wars one. So Thanos a snap from Infinity War has an official name. Yes, I still like to call it the snapping. Right, there's lots of different ones. What do they call it? Oh, um, the decimation. They call it yes. The, the wait, it says yes. The, the the decimation is what they call it. Some people would have called it the event, but apparently the Battle of New York has been called the event in the Marvel in the Marvel Netflix stuff. So I guess they probably mm-hmm. were going to do that. <laughs> or it says here the swap, the snapping, which my personal favorite. I did not know they had this in this article. That was literally something I thought of myself. Mm-hmm. So, but at least I thought I did. But apparently, I'm not the only one. Regardless. The snapping is uh, the decimation is not, isn't quite cap- catchy as the snap, the snapping, or the leftovers, which that's a HBO series, so probably wouldn't right. do that. But it makes sense. So yeah, they're calling it the, the decimation. Yeah. Okay. Mm, but you know, it makes sense. I hate to say it. You know, I guess. Sure. I mean, it's right. it's a thing. Right. So the next bit of news is what I'm mad about. Go ahead, and I'll tell you. <laughs> what. Avengers four trailer release date reportedly revealed. So right. yeah, so there's a there's a there's a there's a I don't I tend I wasn't going to put this article in here because I don't like going you know it's like if okay once it gets something that's official by official means I would like to, then yeah I would read the it. but apparently sites like to you know comment on rumors and speculation and rumor sites and therefore people on the internet. Um, so apparently some guy on the internet who's, I guess, supposedly pretty decent about, you know, about, um, who had the history of being accurate about stuff said that the first trailer for Avengers 4 will drop this Friday. Then that is this Friday, the 6th at the time of this recording. Oh, excuse me. The 7th, 7th. the 7th. Sorry. Cause it's the 6th at, at the time of this recording. Um, and he says around nine o'clock AM. So up. you know why? Because people have meetings at nine o'clock in the morning. How are you supposed to watch the trailer and react? Whatever. 
Somebody's, somebody's upset. <laughs> I'm not a fan of these, like, you know, these AM reveal. You know but what they, I mean? Yeah. So it says here wins. Oh, wait. So, okay. Yeah. So there was also a previous rumor that said that the, the trailer was going to drop this past Wednesday on the 5th, which didn't happen. But right. he, he, according to this person, says it was due to uh, President Bush's death. Which, by the way, uh, George H.W. Bush is dead, not the, the father, not the right, son. Right, right, right. Which, right, right. blah, 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 whatever. Um, I mean, it's a sad loss. Let me not say that. That's not, that sounds mean. No, no, of course. But, but at the end of the day, that actually makes sense. Sure. Um, because they were doing funeral stuff that day, too. So Yeah, and apparently still are because the post office ain't running. Um, or whatever. Well, no, the, uh, yeah, no, they did the national funeral and then they did um, the, the one that was in Texas today, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, regardless of of all right. that, so that was happening to, Wednesday. So, right, that, that explains the Wednesday, the the uh, the pushback from Wednesday to Friday. If that was actually the case, and right. like I said, like you said, reasonable if if that's mm-hmm. if that is happening. So, we will possibly get it a trailer tomorrow. But regardless, well, actually, we'll get to that in a minute because there's a trailer that did pop out, which but we got another thing ahead of that. So we will. You know, we'll see next week if if that actually was true and this person was actually right. Nevertheless, next up, uh, Jude Law's Captain Marvel role may have be may have been revealed, uh, and actually a couple of other t- tidbits may have possibly have been revealed due to a new line of Funko Pops uh, right. that are that are coming out that were that are which what did I just do. Oh well, okay, very well. quickly. Toy. I was about to say toys and toy reveals have had a very funny role in revealing movie spoilers. Oftentimes they come from Lego. Um, nowadays they come from Funko and even from Marvel Legends too. Yeah. In this case, we get um, the fact that he could be playing Yon Rog, which makes right. sense given the storyline that uh, is being used for the for the movie, at the exactly. AKA Kelly Sue's iconic run. Um, and we also get from this line of toys, which, by the way, includes a Marie Rambo figure. Um, we get. Three different versions of four different, five different, six, seven different, like eight different versions of Carol, in different in different ways. Which that's not, I mean, that's normal, including her Star Force one, which which apparently is named Verse. She's going by Verse, which could possibly be the name she was going by when she's in her Star Force uh, iteration. Maybe possibly. According to this, and of course we get the cat who's not named Chewy, but the same kind of cat named. But it's Goose. sadly named Goose. Yes, Goose, which and makes sense because sure. definitely an aviator link there. Yes. Fans of Top Gun, exactly. shout out, rest in peace, Goose. Exactly. Talk to me, Goose. Talk to me, Goose. Goose with two O's. <laughs> um. <clears throat> But yes, so Chewie's going by Goose, and I guess it's not going to be the the alien cat that we know from the comic run. And again, Amiria. Or it might be. Well, or it might be, and it's a swerve. Sure, could be, possibly. And of course, um, yeah, maybe. We'll see when the movie comes out. There's Marvel Legends spoilers involved there. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I didn't get that one, so. 
Um, but yeah, we get we get uh, a Carol in in her um, Captain Marvel suit. We get with helmet, without helmet. We get the Star Force one with helmet, without helmet. Well, excuse me, with helmet, with Mohawk, without Mohawk. Which that's a weird thing to do. Um, we get a Nick Fury one. Uh, Scrawl. I don't know who in the world is this on a bike. That's not Coulson. Regardless, there's a Funko line, and I'm sure the Caracor and others will be eating it up. But yeah, like I said, it's um, so from that we got you know, apparently that Jude Law's character is playing, possibly playing Yon Rog, and other things. So next up, uh, speaking of Captain Marvel, and okay. um, uh, is it my turn? Yeah, go ahead and take both of these, actually. All right, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Uh, oh, the poster. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Captain Marvel poster arrives before the new trailer and rumored Avengers 4 update. So, all right, so we got the trailer. But guess what? Um, we got a new trailer. Right. So, we got the trailer uh, during Monday Night Football earlier this week. Mm-hmm. It was Did pretty you... cool. Some people were nonplussed by it. I like the fact that it's still fairly understated. I want to see more revealed in the movie and not in the trailer. Yeah, they the the one thing I was kind of bothered, not necessarily bothered probably too strong, but the that they did was that and I know a lot of people had an issue with or took light of whatever that scene where where Carol was punching the old lady on the on the, the subway. Right. And they expanded on that in this one, which I was like they could have just left that alone. I mean, I don't know. Who hasn't wanted to punch out an old lady? I'm kidding. <laughs> that is a New Yorker talking. Exactly. All... <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't know, man. Like so, Sometimes people deserve that. But anyway. Um... <laughs> All righty then. That's not the, P- that's not the PC uh, 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 response there. No, but that's but... the PC and underscore dirt response, I'm sure. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Go. Where is my? There we go. Um, so, but yeah. All right, and the uh, the follow up story to that is um, the full trailer was released mm-hmm. um, by Marvel Studios. It's a good looking trailer. Like there's there's yeah. some stuff from the last trailer that that shows back up in here, but it kind of expands on some stuff. And again, you know. If you're waiting for the movie, which not, isn't coming until next week, next year, excuse me, I wish it was next week, year, but that's uh, there's a lot coming out next year, week. Um, yeah, but March is not that far away anymore. It is that's not. scary. Yes, that is true. Um, but, like I said, you know, like like you said, um, you don't want to give a whole lot from the movie of, uh, away. And this, mm-hmm. like I said, this kind of retread stuff that's been in the last trailer but also adds to it you know right a little bit more I'm glad. I, was about to, I was just gonna add that i'm glad that i don't think we've seen the best scenes in the we trailer hope. i'm always glad for that right although i don't know that that last bit of the trailer seemed for lack of a better word pretty epic right but hopefully it's just part of an even bigger epic right scene. so but i like that there was someone online who saw that that was very similar to um, Iron Man flying around in the Avengers mm. when he's flying up at the uh, the spiral, the uh, yeah. uh, the beam, the light beam, or whatever that was opening the world, hmm. the portal. 
maybe there is more tied to that than than you know tying it back together, right? So, but uh, all right, so you got the next one, which is another Captain Marvel story. Uh huh. And yeah, this one is kind of like that last that Spider Verse one in that it could have been in in clickbait. Whatever I'm gonna put it here because Captain Marvel's Mohawk costume is the result of a comic creator's bet. Now, this is a little interesting bit of trivia that not a lot of people knew of. And this is also the reason why I love Kelly. So basically, um, the the from Kelly Sue DeConnick's run, uh, the short story is that she wanted to get uh, Jamie McKelvey to to redesign the comic because uh, redesign the costume because they didn't want to go with you know the traditional uh, bikinis and sash combination because hey update you know, um, which was probably sorely overdue to be brutally honest let's face it um but marvel wouldn't pay for it and she uh she talked to the editor and it was like no she's not gonna do it however um if they could get if she could get um jamie to do the design and you know just on his own mm-hmm. and marvel did and they he would run it then i think it was steve wacker who was uh, editing the book? Yeah, right. it was. Um, so he was like, "Well, if you can get if you can get him to do it and just pass it along, and you know, do it himself and pass it along." So Kelsey DeConnick went to Jamie McKelvey and made a bet with him. Basically, it was like, "Hey, you do this, you get paid. We either the way it is." The short story is either you get paid by Marvel, or you get paid by me if you do this redesign. Because she really wanted uh, the redesign and wanted it from him because he's known for doing, you know, costume redesigns, good costume redesigns in modern fashion, and, and so and so. So it worked out that um, Marvel bought the redesign, bought the design, so she didn't have to kick out her own money, and she even made a corn point. <laughs> That and she's like, yeah, it's like it was a it was a kind of a stupid bet to make because she didn't know because one because if she had lost the bet and she would have been coming out of her own pocket, she would have been basically fronting money on a redesign that the company should be paying for, which is kind of a stupid thing to do for a multi million dollar company, you know, fronting something for a multi million dollar company, right? So legit. But nevertheless, it worked out, and here we are with uh, the current costume. Or, yeah, a version of the current costume, because I don't know. Well, it's pretty accurate version of the comic. Well, even the the, the trailer even does have her with the helmet with the mohawk, so it definitely does. It it is definitely taking that page. So, but there you go. That is the story of of, uh, how the redesign happened. And I'm like, huh, interesting. All right, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this time this the, worked out nicely. Big, I was about to say one of the big stories that came out this week is that Marvel has reportedly started developing a Shang Chi MCU film, hmm. hoping to make that a franchise. So uh, hmm. that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, if it happens and they do right by it, because you know sometimes. Companies are tone deaf. Yeah, I mean, we were, we, were, we were poking fun at who they might cast <laughs> as the lead. So. And and to be fair, I, I wasn't. I, that was not an original one for me because that that joke has been going around on the internet since this. Or yes, these the jokes since before this, realistically. But so, yeah. but 
It's like they'll cast Matt Damon as it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, or Scarlett Johansson as, as the joke went. But you know, so according to Deadline, Shang Chi will headline his own fr- film franchise, appropriately named Shang Chi: Master of Kung Fu. Uh, we have a Chinese American writer, Dave Callahan, that will handle the film screenplay while directing is currently being pursued. Carol Callahan helped write the upcoming 19, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and will pin the sequel to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse sequel, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the Spider-Gwen one. They couldn't find a woman to do that. Anyway, um, so if this re- if this report is seems to be true, um, it'll be the first. It'll be the first uh, Asian character led um, superhero Marvel yeah. film, yeah, or superhero film in general. Yes, actually. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Hopefully, it happens, and hopefully, they do right by this. That's the hope. Yeah. Uh, now we get to some of the bad news. Thank you. Yes. This. Uh, well, it was inevitable. I don't know about how bad it was, but Daredevil canceled. There is no season four. It was again. It was inevitable because they would cancel the other shows. I can't, can't imagine they would have just canceled all the other shows and you kept Daredevil. And right. Kept this right. Um, I will say. Oh, and actually, I'm going to tie in this next one too because it also sure. says that um, in the midst. Oh, excuse me. Marvel says that Daredevil character will live will quote unquote live on in future projects. Um. Uh, doesn't say. How and I'm pretty sure there's a speculation of going to Disney streaming service. However, I have seen an article that I didn't put in the lineup that said, and I don't know how true this is or where this was coming from, and I need to find that article again. But it, there was an article from some site that said that Disney don't want that doesn't want any of the shows. Disney doesn't want the Netflix shows. Oh yeah, I figured as much. And and I did too, because everybody. So when they when they because so the speculation was, and we've went over this before that, well, all these shows are being canceled so they could put them on the Disney show, so they could put them on the Disney streaming shows channel, which, as I said before, sure, if they were going to do it, they would do all the old shows, but that wouldn't make sense because it's Netflix's shows, and they don't have anything to do with that. We've already talked about that. Like, sure, they could put all the old shows in there in addition to the the Netflix stuff. I mean, you know. But the Netflix stuff is going to stay on on Netflix, mm-hmm. but they could also put it on there too since it's partially theirs. But there, people were saying, "Well, no, they're just going to take it up on the Disney ch- streaming thing." And it doesn't. If that article is to be believed, which I need to find and see, you know, what it particularly said, then they don't want it, and they're not going to do that. So, which makes sense because they don't necessarily have to do that. This is what people were wanting and speculating. All right. So that is that. So it's, you know, and the only two shows that are left, which I'm pretty sure are going to get the axe um, at some point, are Jessica Jones and The Punisher. Both of which I think are having, it looks like, yeah, they're both having a new season coming up. I believe so. Yes. I know Punisher's already finished filming. So. Correct. And I believe it says here that, yeah, there's a Jessica Jones, there's another season of Jessica Jones. So, so I would. Go on and assume that those are probably going to get canceled after those seasons, since they were already in the works. We'll see. Next, uh, Runaways season two trailer introduces new powers and more characters. I need to watch the first season. I know, right? <laughs> Next up, 
Yeah. Yeah, there's not really much else to say. Uh, Star Wars, sad news. Star Wars and Howard the Duck uh, co-writer Gloria Katz died. Died. Oh. So, yes, definitely rest in peace. Um, she was 79 and she died due to ovarian cancer, according oh. to the Hollywood Reporter. So that is sad news indeed. Um, a little interesting piece of history here is that Katz and her husband Willard were hired to rewrite uh, American Graffiti for George Lucas. And on the success of that, were asked on the low low to rewrite Star Wars to to punch up uh, Star Wars, and also um, Howard the Duck and uh, actually uh, sounds like a couple of other uh, projects. But this is news that just came out that they were involved in the rewriting of them, which is also sad indeed because I'm like, well, wait, man. so they didn't get the credit, you know? Okay. When they, when this when this stuff was going on, but now many 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 years later, they are now getting credit for it. Apparently, um, oh, apparently it's themselves. So, cats did an interview in 2017 where this this stuff came out. So, um, she is survived by her husband William and her daughter Rebecca. So, you know, like I said, sad news. Mm. Uh, next up. Uh, <laughs> surprise! Star Wars casting has been reported. Nick Nolte yes. has joined Disney's The Mandalorian. I believe this is still in the rumor phase. All right, or, or it's the phase. Mandalorian forty-eight hours. Um, <laughs> all right. Although, <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh no, nah, never mind. I'm not going to do that. Um, although I think though there might have been an article kind of maybe confirming a little bit more, but at this point, I refuse to believe that this is actually true. Okay. <laughs> um, apparently, oh. well, the <laughs> the the uh, yeah, apparently Nick Nolte will. Uh, so we know Pedro Pascal is involved with it, and Gina Carano is also on the cast. Uh huh. Apparently, so huh, interesting. Gina Carano from last scene in well for, for me in the Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, and thrown out of a jet or shot out of a jet. Oh yeah, that is right. That was what seven, right? Yep. Huh. Yeah, I still need to watch eight, but I don't know. Anyway, um, that's that's neither here nor there. Luke Skywalker's original lightsaber is going up for auction. And as Mark Hamill himself said that uh, in his tweet when that came out from Fortune magazine, um, be advised there is no one lightsaber he used in the films, but many, many, both uh, for himself and his stunt double. Multiple duplicate backup props are commonplace during production. Uh, When handle ridges were cutting my hand, they even made a few of soft sponge ridges. Buyer beware. Oh, no. I know, right? So that said, you know that's not stopping people from um, wanting to own one. One noticing all one exactly. So I, I, hey, look, I'd want one to have had the money. So, alrighty. Next up, uh, a Blue Beetle movie is in development at Warner Brothers. Okay, sure. And it sounds like it's, it is the Jaime Jaime. Um, is it Jaime Reyes? Yes, Jaime Reyes version 
Uh, yeah, I wanted to say Garcia, but he's a pitcher, I think, for the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> Go on. So it is the current version of Blue uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, some would note from Young Justice and the cartoon, the comics, actually, because I don't know if he's actually been seen in the comics recently. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't know. I still there was a rumor of a of a, a blue and gold reunion, um, uh, somewhere right now, but I'm not sure if I put that in the um, in the lineup. So hey, if it happens, uh, oh wait, excuse me. So it's reported, but yeah, the film will be scripted by Gareth Dunnett, um, Akasor. Um, hopefully, I and pronouncing that name right but it kind of doesn't matter because apparently he's writing the upcoming Scarface reboot which doesn't even reboot mm. with Zell Foreman producing the film uh, the film will also be notable for, pe- for featuring the first Latino superhero on the big screen that's the big screen because the Ghost Rider was in the small screen notably and I don't know if you were um, Cassian Andor falls in that. Some would argue, and he's not necessarily a superhero, but regardless, hey, it's a thing that could happen. Alrighty. What are we up to? Um, Titans. Okay. I think this is is yours, because I did the Blue Beetle one. You were just going off about uh, Cassian (laughs) <laughs> hey, you know, um, Titans expands its DC universe in a major way. This I still haven't caught up with um, the show, but this is from the the episode Donna Troy from Titans off of DC Universe, uh, which I think is like what, episode seven or something, seven okay. or eight, something like that. So apparently, Donna Troy is in the show now and uh is a friend of Robin's and there's some whispers uh, actually they they also say that hey there's a justice league in this universe because apparently in one scene um um Donna's sitting on Dick's bed and doing homework and informs the Dick that uh it's Diana that is Wonder Woman to whom Bruce's Wayne is talking to downstairs it's a justice league thing she says nonchalantly Mm. And I talked to her to, into bringing me on. I thought we could get into some trouble, but I guess I missed all the fun. So that was, I guess, something that the character said in, during the course of the scene. So, which okay. is, I guess, establishes the fact that there's a Justice League in this version. Alrighty. So, uh, President Bartlett. What's next? Uh-huh. I'll tell you what's next. Um, Warner Brothers is looking into oh, some... Yeah, uh, allegations of abuse against the Black Lightning showrunner Salim Akil. Uh, Salim Akil. Mm-hmm. That uh, sucks. Yeah, and apparently there was an update to this um, to the story uh, that says that after publication, Salim uh, Salim Akil's legal representative sent us the following statement: These allegations are deeply unsettling, but they are also totally untrue. We will defend Salim to the fullest against the false and offensive claims that a woman with whom he had a past relationship has included in multiple unsubstantiated lawsuits. Uh, Salim looks forward to clearing his name and to be able to focus on his work and family. So, uh, I guess this is unfolding still, mm-hmm. and it is sad one way or the other because even if because if he did the, the if he did if the allegations are true, then that's sad on you know. And if it's not true, it's also sad. 
But apparently, it's uh, last week, actress Amber Dixon Brenner filed a lawsuit in Los Angeles claiming that over her 10-year affair with Akil that ended last year, there were multiple instances of physical abuse and non-consent consensual sexual contact. So that's what started this. Okay. Yeah. Um, we won't go into all the details here, but, 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 but that's the thing. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Next. Uh, is that me? Oh, yeah. Oliver goes legit. And the new green arrow is finally unmasked in this latest arrow. Another show I hadn't been keeping up with. Um, so I believe Oliver's been in jail and now he's out. And there's been another Got me. green arrow that is floating around. And it apparently is someone that is in the recent comics as another arrow first arrow character. And that is Emiko Queen, the sister, the secret sister to Oliver. Um, which now that I think about it, I'm like, wait, so, well, never mind, because that just opens up a whole thing with me. I'm like, wait, one, he's already got a sister, sister that he didn't have in the comics, and that's um, the uh, whose name who's who's just left the show. Regardless, anyway, um, a character first introduced in the comics is the daughter the, is the daughter of Robert Queen, so it's technically the same kind of character but different. Maybe I don't know. This is weird. Um, so he now has another sister in the show, in addition okay. to the one that he already had on the show. And this is the one that is in the comics now, who is playing uh, Red Arrow, who is who is Red Arrow in the the comics, and I believe has has had his tint in the comics. It is because she's also with uh, Teen Titans now. Now that I think about it, so regardless, it is a thing. That's whatever. Next. Off, uh, Voltron, the legendary defender Netflix series, has released a final season trailer. Uh, unbelievably, I, you know, because Netflix does these short seasons, they're able to uh, kind of churn through these. Um, it's fairly, it's fair that that's that actually makes it fairly easy to binge watch and mm. get through these if you are interested in trying to catch up. It's actually not that bad, uh, it's worth the watch, I think. Agreed. Um, I think it definitely does great on your nostalgia senses sometimes, but at the same time, you have to, you know, you have to, you know, come in with an open mind and accept that it's going to be a little different from what you grew up with, and it'll still be in the same general spirit of what you watched. Whatever that show's uh, fun and dark at times, so right. Well, all I was gonna say is there's just times when I'm like, "Come on, what's wrong with you people?" You know, but they're drawing out the seasons, you know. Yeah, uh, because they can do that. Yeah, because they have they have uh, more extended stories to tell. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be 13 episodes and season eight, and the final season of Voltron: Legendary Defender is scheduled to be defend the the released on December 14th. For take sworn, the last season was just like a month ago. Right, like I said abbreviated season so mm. that's how they can put them out relatively quickly sure and again like you said it's the eighth and final season um so there you go uh preacher renewed for first fourth season on amc which uh, hey who knew that show was still going on Mm-hmm. ain't nothing else to say about it <laughs> all right go star trek Patrick Stewart's Jean-Luc Picard series will arrive at the end of 2019. So this is going to be an all-access, CBS all-access show, right? Uh, of course. 
So it's going to come. It's I guess it's going to go into production, and uh, we'll start to see episodes at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are four lights. Oh, mm. just you know, just putting that out there. Anywho, um, we're going into the comic book news now. And actually, it. This is perfect because there's more Star Trek news. In that, um, I should have sent this to Dirt, which you've probably seen it already. But Star Trek gets a new, perfectly named whiskey. Um, now, granted, this is... I was kind of hoping it would be green. <laughs> I know, right? Some rum and an ale? That would have been perfect. Yeah. Isn't um, that what it was? Isn't that what they offer, what, what he found to be like the most alcoholic thing on the Enterprise? Uh yeah, oh, but it was like a green. It was a green alcoholic because because everything else had like synthahol in it or something like that. Right. Well, they 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 quote unquote came across it some kind of way. Right. But um, or if unless you're talking about the new Star Treks in which they they rated uh the Kirk and Kirk and Bones rated um Chekhov's um Chekhov's stash some kind of way and found his and found what scotch or whiskey one or two. Because then they thought, hey, they thought he was a vodka man because I guess because he's Russian or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, so anyway, so yeah, there is a new. Um, oh wait, oh apparently this is not the first one. So anyway, so there, if you're watching the video, you can see the name of the the whiskey is called Montgomery Scott because as we know from. And sadly, stereotypical uh, TOS episodes, and later in the movies, that um, Scotty loved him some whiskey. Um, Alrighty. Uh, so yes, it's blended Scotch whiskey. But again, this is not the first company. The self same company who who cares about the name also launched the James T. Kirk Straight Bourbon whiskey over the summer. Uh, describes the beverage as a genuine blend scotch whiskey with a slight smoky note. I still personally don't know the real differences. I do, and I don't, but I always get them confused. The the the, the difference between scotch and whiskey. Scotch is Scotland. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like well, it's it's a top of the barrel, bottom of the barrel type situation. So scotch is, is scotch is whiskey made in Scotland. Sure. But but it's still yeah but it's still as a, a top of the bottle top or bottom barrel or I'm thinking of bourbon I don't know regardless liquor so that's the thing um alrighty uh next up um DC Nation the promotional magazine is ending publication and is going to relaunch sometime soon I always thought that it was awkwardly sized. Yes, because it was a mighty big book, and I'm just like, and it, there's very little way possible that they were going to keep going the way they were with as much as they put in that book. So I'm in agreement with you. Right, but apparently, free. yes, and for free, mind you, and you know, physically and digitally, so they, they put that out. So I mean, that's whatever. But so the next issue that comes out, wait, no, the last issue that just came out uh, from a couple of weeks ago is the last one. Um, and they say, we're going to hiatus, watch for a relaunch for DC Nation soon. I'm assuming they're going to probably downsize it. because yeah. But the, the funny part about it is that there was uh, a book I was reading this week, a DC book that looks like it had some content that could have possibly gone into it. Mm. 
that or may have possibly had gone into it. Um, not to think about it, but it is what it is. So, hey. Next. Alrighty. Um, can we do this one too? Sure. Old Man Robin and Superboy, sort of, uh, sort of, in, uh, Adventures of Super Sons number five preview. So apparently DC's got the old old person bugs, just like Marvel has done in the past, because they've already done Old Lady Harley, and that's going on right now. So now they're, they're doing, in fact, I think that episode, that issue came out the last week, um, to where this comes up from. So Old Man Robin and Superboy, where uh, in the Adventures of Super Sons, um, which, yeah, that's still going on, and it's still kind of a side thing outside of the, whatever's going on in Superman. They get a peek at their potential future selves, um, you know, while they're while they're out in space doing whatever they're doing. So, anyway, uh, next up, um, Frank Miller is returning for actually. You should you should have gotten this one. Not to think about it, but Frank Miller is returning for Tom King's Batman. Um, so Batman writer Tom King dropped a bombshell on the comic community today when he teased a collaboration with the acclaimed writer of Batman Year One and, of course, Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller. Uh, King tweeted an image of the battle damage and decidedly Miller-drawn Dark Knight, along with the caption, Coming up in Batman, art by Frank Miller. Okay. So, no more details on that. Um... Outside of a solicitation from January saying that he, you know, saying that Miller's involved with the cover, cover, with a variant cover at that. So, I guess we'll see. Alrighty, next up. Um, boom, editor Whitney Leopard has jumped to Random House Graphic, uh, where they, it's an imprint of Random House, mm-hmm. where they're going to put out. They plan to launch in the fall of 2019 titles for both children and teenagers, including taking over Random House Children Books publications of uh, Jeffrey Brown's Lucy and Andy Neanderthal, Baby Mouse by Jennifer L. Holm and Matthew Holm and Judd Winnick's Hilo. Oh, congrats to her. Um, IDW's Marvel Action Number 1 is fully returnable for retailers. So I guess if they have any back stock that didn't sell, they can send them back. Um, and it says here, furthermore, all second issues will be returnable as long as retailers uh, ordered 85% of their number one orders. Issues 3 to 6 will be fully returnable if they match their orders from the previous issue. So, okay. I guess that's some news for retailers. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next up is actually a story that we did already. So yeah, we did that already, that. so we can skip that. And uh, meet the scrolls. Beat the scrolls. Step right up and meet the scrolls. Hides an alien family in the Marvel Universe. Uh, for all of you baseball fans out there and noted Mets fan, Agent Underscore 70, that was sung to the tune of Meet the Mets. Mm. Um, Marvel Comics has announced to Meet the Scrolls, a new series that focuses on a group of secret scrolls disguised as a human family living in the Marvel Universe. No, this time they won't be cows. <laughs> I was hoping we were going to do that. Um, so yeah, it's going to be written by, uh, Robbie Thompson and Nico Henrikson, 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 yeah, sure. Um, no other, and covers by Marcos Martin, no other details, um, sure, you know, 
this is somewhat, as this article points out, may, you know, maybe some due to the upcoming um, Captain Marvel film. So we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazing Spider-Man just reversed another one more day memory wipe. Yeah, this is something I did not discuss in my review. Yes. Uh, last week's uh, Amazing Spider-Man because I didn't want to spoil it. Right. And since it's a week away, we probably still won't. But hey, someone, if you can see the picture, um, I guess. All right. Hint, hint, if you can't see the picture, for those of you listening on the audio, uh, the character is a namesake of a Janet Jackson track on the Rhythm Nation album. <laughs> nice. Cute. And yes, long time friend, foe, love interest of one Peter Parker. Off and on, off again, teeth. Anyway, um, Timothy Zahn is writing a new Thrawn novel. It's coming next year. It's, it's going to be called Thrawn Treason. It is a sequel to 19, uh, 19, 2017's Thrawn, which covered the villain's origin. Wow, wait, Thrawn came out in 27, I think? I, I could have sworn it was earlier than that. And Thrawn Alliances, the sequel that brought Thrawn and Darth Vader together for the first time. Uh, the book is set in the aftermath of the demise of Thrawn's TIE Defender project in Star Wars Rebels. So there is Rebels tie to this. Uh, and actually kind of spoilers for me because I haven't finished Rebels. After it's killed in favor of the Empire's weapons project that becomes the Death Star, which makes total sense in the universe. Uh, the new book follows the titular character as he grapples with an impossible choice, heeding a warning from a former aide-de-camp, uh, Eli Vanto, who brings word that Thrawn's homeworld is in danger, or remain loyal to the Empire he pledged to serve. Thrawn being a character that a lot of people like because of the books, this is me saying this, you know, I'm sure another Thrawn book by the person who made Thrawn famous is a welcome, welcome sight. All righty. And sadly, our last bit of news for the night is, uh, you know, not great news. Uh, independent publisher Lionforge has been hit with some layoffs. Um, they had to lay off 12 employees this week. Um, obviously, the timing is bad. Timing for layoffs is never good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, that that sucks. I know that Lionforge, you know, the, the articles say that Lionforge has to restructure to, to maintain it's competitive edge and that makes the most sense in the world to keep, you know, the publisher going. I can tell you that Lionforge sometimes doesn't have the easiest time uh, getting it's more, getting a better mar- share of the market because, you know, at the end of the day, they're competing with the big two and, you know, the big two take up a lot of space on shelves and comic mm-hmm. stores. Yeah. Mostly because of, uh, we don't know most of for reasons, but obviously, you know, retailers have their own thoughts about what should be right. theirs and other factors, you know. Exactly. So we can't really speculate on that. But what's the same? Because there are some really good books in that Catalyst Prime. I mean, obviously, they're still going, and it's not like they're shutting down or anything, but there are some good books in that Catalyst Prime uh, universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and you hate to see, believe me, hate to see people losing their jobs. I, yep. I would tell yep. you that more than anyone. Wow, um, that's so yeah. Um, that's not cool. Hopefully, uh, they can bounce back in the new year. Yeah, and this is the thing that happens. You know, I mean, th- th- these are not the only ones, and not the first ones to do such a thing. But for such a, a already mm-hmm. smallish company, it's it's not a good news. Yep. But again, not saying anything. That not that that's it's not nothing doom saying. It's just that hey, this happens with companies, big or small. 
Right. So, um, and uh, hopefully we can uh, end on a slightly up note. Um, I don't think I picked up anything uh, this week that uh, needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Wise, did you? Mm, nothing comic book related. Okay. Uh, uh, although, no, because I already uh, talked about of, that. So uh, one of the 12 days of. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, it's not comic related because I, I was going to say that I did pick up that um, that I finally got my um, that Spider Spider Woman Funko, and I also uh, well that one is, but I also finally got my Biggie uh, Funko. Oh, nice! Finally, nice. Still nice. not oh, in the red dress, but nevertheless, yeah. yeah, exactly. That listen, let's not talk about that one. I, know, I actually that's, got that's my order so in on time on one. Yeah, that's the annoying part. I actually got my order in on time on that one. Yeah, it's not like I got there and they're like, "Oh, it's sold out," you know. But anyway, um, I got uh, one of the twelve days of offers on uh, Amazon was for toys, and I happened to check in on that day, and they had the Ghost Rider um, motorcycle Marvel Legends mm-hmm. for a good price. It was like twenty seven, so I picked it up. It should be here by the weekend. Nice. There did mm, there was and oh, never mind, it's not worth talking about it now. Um well kinda is, kinda isn't. So Amazon for a brief moment had a bunch of Fantastic Four Masterworks uh for free. The Kindle versions of uh of, of Fantastic Four Masterworks for free on Amazon for mm-hmm. what seemed like a brief minute as as Tim showed it. I've got most of I think I got a bunch of them in, but However, they are, I don't know if this is going price, but they are five nine. I think I've seen them for more than this, but they are still five ninety nine, which is cheaper than what I've seen some of these masterworks, but I think those were actually the, they may or may have been, may or may not have been, nope, wait a minute, so yeah, here's a sixteen ninety nine version of the Kindle version of, of, uh, of one, and I've seen like 16 and 20, like I've seen them for more than five, so six bucks is not bad for a masterworks collection, even if it is the, the Kindle version so you may want to go seek that out if you're so inclined mm-hmm. uh, but that is the case and we are going to end the show um, we would like to thank each and every one of you guys oh, and girls I gotta get our last ad yes here. you do yes, all right, go for it Sorry. speaking of help keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon visit cspn.us then click the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page from there scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, toys, or Kindle Marvel Masterworks. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. That's what I get for opening up Twitter when we're trying to end the show. And that, folks, is the end of the show. Uh, we'd like to thank each and every one again for coming out for Agent Underscore Seventy, who is on Agent, uh, who is on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PC and Underscore Dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, PopCultureNetwork.com, I Need Comics.com. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, the Click Nation, D K L I Q T N A T I O N all one word on Twitter, C B Cron on Twitter, the Click Nation.com. 
And also, you can go check him out on the uh, comic book resources where he's writing his face off. Go check his stuff out. Click and read. Read and click. All that. Um, and myself, Roddy Cat, on Twitter. News Nurse Need on Twitter. Um, oh, I'm, I don't know. The site, so I'm going to keep saying it. Whatever. CB Caps on Instagram. You know, News Nurse Need on Reddit. All that good stuff. Go check it out. Um, again, you can find this podcast on Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, uh, the Coastal Lizard Podcast, SoundCloud, and of course Spotify. Um, you can also go to CSPN.us where you can find this show and other fine shows of, of podcast quality. Uh, good stuff over there. You should go check them out. But you know, tell them, hey, you know, hey, we here, Comic Book Chronicles. We love your show. Go, go, go to that site and say we love the Comic Book Chronicles. We want more. I mean, we give it to you every week, so I don't know how much more you, you know, whatever. But regardless, uh, shop.cspn.us for merch from this show and other shows on the network. And uh, we will wait. Actually, I was going to say. Um, stay tuned to our Twitters for next week because doesn't Enter the Spider-Verse come out next week? think so. I believe it does. So we may or may not have movie protocol going into effect, but stay tuned to our Twitters and we will let you know. Yes. Um, the screening of Aquaman is that Saturday also, so if that is, so if that is the case, it's going to be a full week of good stuff coming out. Or at least the the pre-screen, because I know Aquaman comes out the next week after that, but Amazon's on the screen. We've already talked about that regardless. So, again, stay tuned to the Twitters, and we will let you know if um, we will have a show. But every Thursday night, we have a show, uh, unless that's me before we're going to call night, 9-ish p.m., uh, same bat time, same bat channel on the YouTube, the Click Nation YouTube channel, and theclicknation.com slash live. So come check us out there. And while I get this thing set up, I am going to say that this is the Combo Chronicles, and we are out. Case one. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your